I always say that managing people is a full contact sport. And really, as a people leader, you are always making this subjective decisions about how work gets done on your team and the relationships that impact your team. And so when you think about the fact that quite often we're not making you know decisions or choices that are based upon some hard and fast rule, you really have to ask yourself, like, do I have the right information to make this decision? Because quite often it's up to you. Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world-class management team. And now your host, Eric Gerard. Hey, welcome back to Management Development Unlocked. I am very pleased that you're here. I have big news. My book, Lead Like a Pro, The Essential Guide for New Managers, launched recently and it hit Amazon number one bestseller and number one new release. You can get your copy at amazon.com or gerardtrainingsolutions.com. Please remember to support the show by subscribing, commenting, and sharing. Today, I am stoked to have Kamaria Scott with me. Kamaria, welcome to the show. Who are you and what do you do? Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So my name is Kamaria Scott. I am the owner of Enetic. It's a boutique consulting firm that helps organizations leverage their people leaders as partners doing times of change. So making sure that they are able to lead engaged, healthy, and high-performing teams. And they're able to do that when their organizations are going through dynamic changes. So I also am the host of the Manager to Manager podcast. So like you, I love people leaders and helping them be successful. And I spent a ton of my career working in various industries like finance, tech, government. So a a wide variety of experiences to draw from to help managers be successful. Nice. That's, yeah, it sounds like we have a lot in common. (laughs) Yeah, nice. Okay, well, I'm glad that you're here. Thank you so much for your time. Let's jump right in. Today, we're going to talk about leading with curiosity. And Kamaria, my first question for you is, what is one skill that a new manager should master in order to be successful? Well, I I love that you asked me that. I feel like we kind of gave it away a little bit. It's definitely learning to ask questions and learning to be curious. You know, I draw a lot on my experience as a people leader, and I'm sure you do too, to, to kind of guide how we help others. And I can tell you, one of the things I learned early on in being a manager is how to ask questions and how to ask the right questions. And so as a people leader, I think the first thing you have to do is not assume that you have to know everything, but you have to know how to ask the right questions, when to ask the right questions, to uncover the information that's going to help you make better decisions. So questions. Questions. <laughs> asking questions, yes. And that's the, the, the mark of a good coach as well, is, is asking, asking good, open-ended, and probing questions. So that's something that I advocate in my management classes, is a good manager is also a very good coach. Yes. I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with you. A good manager is a good coach. And you will find that most of what you do is coaching or fact finding because it's not even just you know asking questions of your people to to learn about them and I know we'll talk about it in a little bit but also asking questions so that you always have a full view of the situation so one of the the best gifts or strengths of a good manager and a good people leader is somebody who can display empathy And for me, I display empathy or I describe empathy as someone who's able to respond effectively to the situation. You can see the full situation and you respond in a way that is appropriate. 
And so you have to ask questions to really appreciate the situation. You have to ask, well, what happened? Why did that happen? So to the extent that you can use questions in coaching, you also have to use it in fact-finding to make sure that you're always responding appropriate to the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I totally agree with you about empathy. And in fact, that's the first and the longest chapter of my book is is bringing the empathy as a manager. So yes. marvelous. Well, let's let's dig into that a little bit. How does curiosity influence the way a manager leads a team? So I, I think what I what I love about that question is that, you know, curiosity influences the way you lead a team because as I just said, it helps you to make sure that you are making the right decisions. So I always say that managing people is a full contact sport. And really, as a people leader, you are always making this subjective decisions about how work gets done on your team and the relationships that impact your team. And so when you think about the fact that quite often we're not making you know decisions or choices that are based upon some hard and fast rule, you really have to ask yourself, like, do I have the right information to make this decision? Because quite often it's up to you. So I think when a manager doesn't assume that they know all the information, when they start with curiosity, then they can make sure, they can go on a fact-finding mission to make sure that they're gathering that information. And I'll give you kind of just to, to, to narrow it down, you know, when we think about our teams and trying to be inclusive and trying to make sure that everyone feels like they belong, you know, we don't always know what that means to them. We don't always know what inclusivity means from their perspective. We can assume, but we don't know. So the best thing a people leader can do is ask their team, you know, like, what are the things that you'd like to be appreciated for? What are the skills that you'd like for me to ensure that I am using on this team? How would you like to be celebrated? The more questions that you can ask of your team or the or the more that you can go on a fact-finding mission, because it doesn't always have to be just direct questioning, the better equipped you are to, to flex yourself to what the team needs. So, you know, I, I always start with the very center of anything that a manager can do is know their team and know their team well, because we probably both teach the same things in terms of a good people leader should be able to communicate. A good people leader should be able to celebrate success. A good people leader should be able to champion collaboration. But the reality is it's not a one size fits all. We have to adapt our approach to each and every person on our team. And so the more that you're curious about them, the more that you're curious about what their values are, you know, what makes them tick, the better able you are to flex yourself and adapt what you're doing to actually meet the specific needs of that person on your team. Yeah, I love love the whole idea of flexing, bending and flexing yourself to meet your team where they're at rather than forcing yes. them to go out and get the magic decoder ring. So yes. I love that. <laughs> and you have and I, to, yeah, right? Yep. And I also love how you talked about you know, how do you how do you like to be celebrated? You know, one of the things that I talk about a lot is some of your direct reports will love public praise. They will love it if you bring them up in front of the all hands yes. and say, Camaria absolutely killed it in this last training she did, and let's all give her a round of applause. Other people may want to crawl under a table if you do that. So oh, yes. just being aware, you know, would you prefer just a quiet word on the side, you know, maybe a little a little quiet conversation, or do you want people to applaud for you? Yes. And, and just being clear of that for everybody. And I'll tell you, I have a I have an interesting story that kind of aligns to that is that 
I remember that I was, you know, my team had just finished this project that I was immensely proud of and, and immensely proud of the work that my team had done on this project. And someone who was more senior to me, you know, said something, had said to me, you know, I hope that you know how much we appreciate this project, this work that you've done. And my response was sort of one that where I said, well, sort of, <laughs> meaning like, I, I get it, but like what would have struck my soul as appreciation would have been if we had done X, Y, and Z. So for example, if you had let my team share their work on their own, or if you had allowed them to make these types of decisions, that to me would have signaled appreciation. And it was an interesting conversation. And it's something that I definitely incorporate in, in kind of how I help people leaders is that you can you can do something that feels right for you, but it might be a, a, a mismatch for somebody else. So I love to use like McCullen's motivational needs and, and talk to people about like, you know, someone who has a, an achievement orientation or someone that has a power orientation, they're going to perceive praise or recognition in different ways. And what might be great for one might not be great for, for another. So as a, as a manager, you might wholeheartedly think you're doing the right thing. And for any other person, it might be the right thing. But for the person you're talking to, it's not the right thing and their brain won't register it as such. And so that's why I go back to curiosity, because if you, if you take the time to ask, or at least, you know, make the effort to learn, then your intention and your impact are going to align. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. And let's double click on that a little bit. So how does everything you just talked about influence engagement and performance on a team? You, you sort of alluded to this, but let's drill yeah. deep. Well, you know, so I think, you know, engagement, I think there's a win-win between the task, the work that needs to get done, what the organization needs, and what the employee needs. And so to the extent that people feel like they are valued and heard and leveraging their right skills, they then want to lean in and give a little bit more, right? So we always talk about the discretionary effort that people give when they're engaged. And I, and I always think about engagement as energy. We all have this sort of like in my, in my mind, this, this finite amount of energy that kind of sits within us. And where people choose to use it is, is their discretion. So if, if someone is like, I don't really like what's happening at work, I'm not able to, you know, use my best skills, my, my people leader doesn't, you know, let me um, have input, I'm going to use my energy someplace else. I might use it on a different project. I might use it to look for a different job, right? So that's how I define energy, I mean, engagement. And so when you know what, like I'll just say, when you know what makes people tick on your team you're better able to align them to the skills and the tasks and the projects that are going to energize them. So I know people on my team um, who absolutely will be bored to tears if I put them on a research project, right? Because they want to be doing something else. Or I know people that are absolutely going to come to life if I give them a project that requires them to use their analytical skills. And so to the extent that I'm always looking for, and I encourage other people leaders to do this, you know, to be looking for what are the skills and strengths of people on your team? What energizes them? What kind of projects really light up their eyes? Your job is to match that. It's like, it's a matching game, right? Because if you can do that, then you have people that naturally want to do a good job. 
So it impacts, it impacts performance because they're doing something that is intriguing to them or interesting to them. It helps them to grow and it helps them to, to, to mutually gain something from it, not just for the organization. So I had someone on my team once, and I'll just kind of give you an example. I had someone on my team once. So one of the things I love to do is everyone on my team always gets a passion project. No matter where I work in an organization, I always give people a passion project. And the passion project is something that they get to work on. It's not necessarily in their direct goals for the organization, but what I do tell them is it has to align to something that makes sense for the organization. So you can't necessarily say my passion project is like, I'm going to create a recipe book and we're a tech company. That doesn't make sense, right? But I do try to talk with them and say, okay, let's talk about you know, like, what are you interested in? What projects would you like? You know, how would you like to use a skill? Is there something that you should be a skill that you have that we're not even utilizing? And quite often in that conversation, they will tell me what that skill is, what that project is, and we'll sort of talk it through. And then I'll say, okay, go ahead forth and do that. So I had someone who was on my team and she was inherited from a merger And so the role that she was in was that of more of a developer, like a learning developer than a designer. And through our conversation of me being just curious about her skill sets and curious about what other things she'd like to be doing, she came up with this project where she wanted to build a, almost like a, like an automatic template for these workspaces that we were designing for the organization. So we had an LMS that allowed each function to build their own sort of workspace. And rather than us as the LND team have to design them for everybody, she had a coding background and was like, I'd like to build this thing that would make this drag and drop sort of widget so they could make their own. Amazing, more than I could have ever asked for. The efficiency for us was just through the roof because instead of us taking all these requests, We were able to create something. She was able to create something that she could then teach other people how to use and they could self-serve, which made our workload so much better. And so I tell that story because the curiosity about her as a human being, about her as a person, what she liked to do, not just what I assigned her, helped me understand and and work with her on a passion project that was still mutually beneficial for the organization but she was also able to grow through it personally and test herself into what she can do. So I think when a when a when a manager or a people leader develops that curiosity about people, you can see not only what they can do today, but you can see the potential of what they can do and you can let them explore it. Nice. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I like that. I a contrary example to that, the way not to do it. <laughs> is to say, well, well, so-and-so, when I give them an assignment, just gets it. They just, they just read my mind and understand what I want. Why can't you do that? So oh, I would say that would be the opposite. Don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Nice. Don't do that. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, and, and, and I want to I take that a little bit further, right? Because, you know, curiosity shows up in everything that you do. And going back to what, even what you said with coaching, you know, one of the things that we do in coaching is we, we definitely check for understanding, right? We check for their, pers- their perspective. And so even with a project, sometimes I'll say, here's a project, how would you do it? And even that curiosity of saying, not just saying, here's how I want it done. Now I will say, here's the outcome that we're shooting for, but here's the outcome. How would you do it? That allows me to then gauge 
How do they think about the project? Where might there be gaps in their understanding of what I just asked for and what they want to deliver? Or where might there be gaps in their capability to deliver what I've asked for, right? So even by having a curious approach to this is what I'm thinking, this is the idea, share with me. I'm just curious, you know, how would you go about doing this? It's a very different way of approaching it. But as, an, as, a, as a manager, it also allows me to gather information that then says, okay, here's where this person might need my support. Like I'm a huge fan of situational leadership. So it might, I might get information that says, okay, I got to be more directive in what I need. Or she's got this, all she needs me to do is clear the way. Yeah, I was I was just thinking as you were talking that this sounds a lot like SL2. So mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, love that program. Good stuff. All right. Well, continuing on, what are some ways that managers can learn about their team members? Is it is it as simple as just asking questions or is there more to it? There can be more to it. So I, for, for our basic manager, it is asking questions is a great way to start. There's a book that I love called um, Humble Inquiry. It's by Edward, Edward Sheen. I mean, he, of course, is the father of OD, if you're a nerd like myself, love. But, you know, he talks about just, again, being curious and asking questions. And when you think about how we talk about in coaching, you know, 70% of the coaching conversation is somebody else talking, you know, 30% is you asking questions. So when you approach your leadership from like, I just want to ask questions. When I come to even a one-on-one, I'm asking questions. When a, a situation arises, I'm asking questions. When that just becomes your, your fallback, you will find that you're able to gather more information. However, what I like to do to help managers as they are developing is do activities and assessments as well. So everything is always fact-finding, but you can use activities and assessments to help you as well. So I like DISC. So I do like that kind of helps you think about, you know, what are people's kind of preferences. I love strengths. I think, you know, anyone doing a strengths finders assessment with their team, it just gives you a common language to know what are people good at? What do they use? What skills do they use most often? What are some of their lesser strengths? So you can, you can use an assessment for that. There's a variety that are out there that really just help you get a better understanding. And what I like about assessments for people leaders is that it gives you a shared understanding of or a shared language to use so it's easier to make meaning. Oh, I remembered now. It's McCullen's motivational needs. So McCullen's motivational needs is super, super simple, just categorizes people by, you know, what motivates them power affiliation or achievement. And I love that because it's super easy for for managers to be able to think about like, what do I need to give this person in order to engage them? So there are a ton of really good assessments out there that help you to quickly have a shared meaning about something and think about how you can use it with your teams and how you might need to flex. So I love, I love, I love, I love assessments. Um, I also love activities. I love activities because they're not directly sort of like, let me ask you a question um, or fill out this form. It's a fun way to engage people and to think about what you learn. So, you know, I think everybody has probably played Would You Rather. I like to get very crafty with my questions and I encourage like people leaders, get crafty with your questions. Like think of, don't just throw any kind of question up there. Think about things you'd like to know. So ask questions like, you know, would you rather work on this project or that project? Would you rather, you know, because some people will be like, I'd rather chew off my arm than work on that kind of project, right? So I think you, you have to be deliberate about the questions that you ask. And it doesn't even have to always be like a full on, let me play a whole game. 
One of the other things that I encourage people, leaders to do, and I've done with my own team is I just simply have a question of the day. Before we get started with a team meeting, I throw a question out there and I just ask. And and that's just an activity that they can they can they can do. So one of the things I do to help people leaders is I actually have um, a book that has assessments, questions, um, and activities that helps them to think about what they might use. Because some of the things you might want to know is like how is my team similar or different. So one of my favorite activities that I do with my team, um, and it's in in a book that I created, is having them to create a mind map. And so in this particular one. If you can do it virtually or together, I love doing it together though. You kind of create that sort of mind map that they use in like marketing and sales. And you can you can redo the quadrants if you want to to put what you're interested in. And you let people go around the room and answer about what they well, about what everybody else thinks. So like what are things that make Camaria smile, right? And they might like write what they think about that. Or, you know, what are things that make Joanna, you know, cringe? And then we might write those types of things. And at the end, you get to you get to sort of compare and contrast answers. And it helps the team to learn about each other because you also want to fear, foster curiosity amongst them. And then you get to have a dialogue. So, you know, those are just really good ways to, and fun ways to draw information out of people. The more informed they are about each other, the more they also know how to adapt and help each other be successful. Yeah, that that sounds marvelous. That's good stuff. You said this is a book you created yourself? Yeah, mm-hmm. just some ideas that I put together for managers. It was internal, so I don't have an external version yet. It's coming, but okay. it's, it's a way to kind of help people leaders because, you know, I do find that especially new managers, they do sort of need that sort of starter pack, that, that field guide to mm-hmm. help them with things. And so to the extent that you can prevent them with how to, the more you can help them be successful. Nice. Well, if if you're going to self-publish it, talk to me about that because yes. I know everything about self-publishing now. You mentioned that, <laughs> I and, I, and I'm going to take you up on that because we talked about yeah. that. We're going to talk about it again. <laughs> I went through trial by fire with that, so I got a great result, but it was it was a lot of learning as I went. So oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can talk about it. Let's talk about you a little bit. Tell us about your podcast, Manager to Manager. Yes. So I call Manager to Manager my love letter to people leaders because, as I'm sure you know, it is not an easy job. It's nuanced. Every human that you that you lead is difficult. Uh, not difficult. Is unique. <laughs> I promise you're not difficult. It's unique. And I think I started it because... I, I I'd had two podcasts, both internal to organizations, but this is my first external one. But I started it because there's a lot of conversation. I think when you go to like LinkedIn and you'll see good managers do this and bad managers do that. And I think no one ever looks at it from the perspective of the people leader, of the person who's in the role. I don't think anyone ever starts, you know, shows up and says, I want to do a terrible job. I think they say, I get up every day and I do the best that I can with what I have. And I'm learning and growing. I'm a human being trying to lead a team. And there's so many obstacles that, gosh, if, if we could just talk about them and overcome them, we could be successful. So manager to manager is me allowing people leaders to share what works for them, what are the challenges they've overcome, how do they lead in hopes that we can, one, humanize the experience and stop talking about managers and start talking to them and 
letting them from their own experiences cross-pollinate what works well, what are the good ideas, what have they learned? Um, Because I bet even you, I bet you've got stories to tell about lessons you've learned along the way and how you've perfected being a people leader. And I want to honor that. I want people to be able to tell their stories. So you may never get like big names on my podcast, but you will get people who understand the experience and maybe can share what organizations can do to better support them. Excellent. And that's manager to manager. And I assume folks can find that Apple Podcasts? All your favorite places. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict. You can also just go to managertomanager.com and you can go right there to the stores and find it. So it is out there. And I will say this, again, always looking for wonderful people leaders. So if if you are an HR person and you're like, hey, someone on my team is great and I'd love for you to chat with them, send them my way because I think there are many people leaders doing really good work out there and I would love to highlight them. Cool. Okay, great. Well, Kamaria, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. How can people find you? There's manager2manager.com and any other way people can find you? Absolutely. I think our, our always favorite way to find people is LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Kamaria Scott. There's two of us, in the, there's three of us in the United States, but I'm the one that focuses on leadership, culture, change. So you, it's, I'm easy to find. You can also find me on my website, eneticlps.com. That's Enetic Learning and Performance Solutions. So you can always reach me there and Kamaria at eneticlps.com if you prefer email. So that those are the ways to find me. I love talking to people about change. So if you're an HR person and you're getting ready to go through change and you'd love to figure out how to better leverage your people leaders, please do give me a call, a shout. I'd love to have a conversation. Awesome. Well, Kamaria, thank you so much. Really appreciated your time here today. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Pick up my new book, Lead Like a Pro, The Essential Guide for New Managers, available on Amazon and GerardTrainingSolutions.com. We will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at GerardTrainingSolutions.com. 